Welcome everyone to the Deep Dive, the podcast that skips small talk and goes straight for the concepts that shape our thinking and behavior. In this podcast, cold expertise is defenestrated as warm philosophy is enthroned in an attempt to explore the field in which we're all scientists looking for answers, living well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, world. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Deep Dive with Eyal Shai and Nicolaus Sabatil and Gibran Elbazi. Hi, guys. Hey, hey Nico. Hey, Eyal. <laughs> it's really good to have the three of us convene here for a special episode. And um, yeah, just a, a, a rerun of the Austria experience. Um, and I'll let uh, Nico take over because right now, before hitting record, you were kind of coordinating and um, the attempt to kind of arrive at something to discuss today. So here, there you go. Go. Ah, thank you, Eyal. Uh, so yeah, we were talking already in Austria when we met the first time personally. Um, one of the first impressions that jumped to me was that we, how motivated we all three of us were of uh, for creativity, for creating, um, for finding the new. And basically also we all three have this passion, I think, so for new horizons and not trying to get stuck and uh, being in a rut. So this is a, I have the feeling, and also we talked the last days about it, and uh, the topic of creativity and how can we find creativity in a meaningful way. So this is something I think that is a big, big challenge because uh, we have now this thousands of possibilities. If the internet, we can go in millions of directions. Uh, it's a multiverse <laughs> as many movies and songs uh, now portray. We have this multiverse of possibilities, right? Um, we can either stay in the old ways like our parents and grandparents um, and just take what we got uh, or we go into multiple directions uh, we can become a freelancer we can become a coach we can become a startup founder there are so many hypes and trends we can jump on and i have sometimes the feeling that we have the possibility to choose by which hypes we get brainwashed by. It's always a kind of brainwashing because we jump into rabbit holes. Um, so this is something where we have a big responsibility, I think. And yeah, so maybe Chibran, what do you think is uh, responsibility in this sense for you in creative expression? Uh, well, um, I think I think if you Okay, I think everyone can be creative to some extent, and but it's also, I guess, a, a choice to be creative. Like you have maybe this uh, this urge to create, and some people maybe have it more than others. And it's like an an urge to it's like a force inside of you saying that you want to matter or make stuff matter, or it's like it's like you're creating meaning in a sense when you're creating something because you're telling a story to yourself. And sometimes if, if you create something and other people uh, see or consume it as well, 
they can can taste of that story. Um, you could maybe say responsibility or maybe obligation even uh, if you have a very creative mind and like this this untapped uh, source of of beauty and truth in a sense that you almost have an obligation to show it to the world or uh, to express it. And I guess there are also a lot of the, I guess, troubles that, in my opinion, lots of people have, but aren't um, maybe listened to, or they don't even notice themselves, is that they are keeping their, themselves from being creative, doing, doing creative work, um, because it maybe doesn't pay the bills, or they think it doesn't, can't pay the bills, or they, they try to follow, you know, um, status game stuff, um, money-making, whatever. And anything that at least isn't uh, creating in a sense. And at least um, in my case, if I'm not writing um, for, for a few days, um, I'm getting uh, kind of moody. And if I'm not writing for weeks or months, then I just get depressed. <laughs> it's, I, just, I just have to create. I mean, I can also do something else than writing, of course, but I have to create something. And if I go like a, a few days without uh, my creative expression, it's... It, it's hurting me and also the, the, my loved ones around me, my kids and my wife. So I, I, I think I have a, res a responsibility to create because I have that, that urge, that urge to, to matter or make stuff matter. Um, and I guess it, it differs. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I mean, when we were in Austria, I had the impression that uh, you guys as well, this, uh, this urge to create and, and especially what we're doing now, which is pretty cool is creating together, which is like an even like next level thing. Yeah. Um, to me, I always think about creativity. Uh, the image that comes to my mind is an octopus that's kind of has this decentralized nervous system with the um, tentacles kind of doing their thing constantly, right? And looking along different crevices. And I also, one thing that comes to mind is this, um, really the linguistic connection between being creative and and creation so being creative is not exactly um you don't necessarily make a product right a lot of people are creative and they have imagination that is that is great but nothing really comes out of it and i think that a lot of the people that feel the urge to do something because it's almost like for some people there's just this um neuronal tendencies to relate previously unrelated um, concepts together and see what the what the result is and then i think the need to do something about and to create is just the same in the sense that you have eyes that really want to see all the time you can't really unsee unless you close your eyes and even then they you may see dreams and stuff and it's just a natural thing to then act according to, to the things you see, right? Um, so, um, yeah, and also to be seen, like you said, uh, Gibran, I think it's very important to people to kind of make themselves um, present and uh, appreciative, like status games, you know, of course it can be harmful, but in a sense, we all want to enjoy the status of, let's say, a contributing member the society that we live in right so in that sense a status game is not a is not a negative thing so i think all that um is what is behind um people's tendency to to be creative and want to create and to me it's also a fascinating question of 
what makes us go for it because as i mentioned like i for many years was just like a person who's thinking about things and coming up with interesting uh, conject conjectures and so on about things but not necessarily seeing myself as somebody capable of or fitting for contributing to the discussion and actually sending sound waves out there that are going to echo and resonate and and so on yeah i think there's a huge uh let's say uh obstacle in the beginning when you start creating so when you i know a lot of creative friends in austria that uh as so one of them could write novels uh genius with humor and creativity and i recently asked him uh did you start writing again and he said no i don't know what to write if you give me an idea i will start writing and at university <laughs> he wrote the best texts ever but now he thinks like oh what about should i write so i think this is something where we need inertia where we need to start creating and develop this trust in our subconscious and i know many many people that say oh i want to write but i don't know what about and you know i i really can't do writing or i i'm not smart enough to reflect on topics so there's this it's it's partly a conscious doubt that they have about themselves but also even this this how it seems like the the door is locked for so long it became rusty of of the subconscious and it's for them very hard to see even that there's a door and a natural stream of of dreams, of hopes, of reflections. I mean, everybody is super, super creative. We have the most absurd dreams every night. Um, but when we are awake, or think we are awake at least, we have this uh, very strange uh, opinion sometimes that, oh, I am following my own narrative, but everything else, I don't know if I can do this. It feels even strange to them, or there is no possibility of. I have the feeling that for them, everything that is not their narrative, oh, I, I know it for myself, it feels then not like them. So they, they feel like they need to attract or hunt it. So when you start creating, a lot of people uh, try, okay, they are hunting for ideas. But it's bullshit. What you do is you have a hut in the forest. You're surrounded by a subconscious forest. What you need to do is just open the doors, the gates, and then the animals and the wild will flood anyway into your house. You just need to open it. And there's always something coming. So it doesn't matter. Um, if you don't know what, I think the best rule is just to start. It's, it's so ridiculous. But um, this enjoyment of starting and then uh, you can write about the doubts of starting and blah 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 that this will get you into your loop and it opens yourself because anything as long as it's honest is a creative expression and yeah, it's it's right i totally agree with it yeah i i i found the the the, the head in the forest a good example i i usually try to see lots of people are seeking I'm seeking something to write, but instead you just surrender to what, what is already in mm. there. 
um, because there's so much in there. If you just open up to it, then then you'll have so much to write that you can write to the rest uh, until you, to the end of your life, in a sense. Um, and I guess, like like you say, uh, Nico, the just just start writing, do do the work. Do you know, uh, maybe you've heard of him, Stephen Pressfield. He wrote uh, at least two books that, that I think are very yeah. uh, beautiful: The War of Art, and the other is uh, Do the Work. Mm -hmm. So The War of Art is more about overcoming uh, that resistance or your limiting beliefs, and uh, Do the Work is just like do the work you know um mm -hmm. i i have a a, a uh, at the end of 2019 i was in like this this rut i was con constantly switching ideas what should i do next and then dropping the ideas and I, I just got so sick of it so at some point i i was like okay i'll just write every day for 10 weeks so 70 days in a row and i'll also do a weight lift weightlifting every day uh so i, di I did that uh, I, I even made like this hashtag right lift repeat and then <laughs> every day i i posted my uh the the number of words i have I, I wrote and uh, the amount of uh, volume and kilograms that i lifted but that, that got me into writing every day and it, at first stuff started coming out it was you know just like surface level stuff but then then more more deep things started coming out um and and after like 70 days i i wrote more than forty thousand words and it's in, in a sense it changed my life because it, it, that set me on my uh a writing career and marketing career um and you you don't have to know what you're writing about even if if you're literally typing gibberish or blah 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 for the first 10 paragraphs at some point a thought pops up and you just write that down and then well you continue um it's it's it sounds like such a weird exercise but i think it's like one of the most powerful things you can do if, you, if you're stuck and maybe right maybe it's not writing you know maybe let's say you're a painter or an, or an illustrator comic book artist singer whatever you just do like your your minimum amount of of work that you can do every day i, I call it like the the atomic unit of production it's like half stolen from james clear atomic habits uh, id and maybe you've heard of you probably heard of him so you just write for 15 minutes each day or sing one song each day or whatever um i don't know have, have you done like uh, exercises or challenges or something like that i um yeah like just starting is 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 sound idea and i think i'm trying to think about what what behind it also in terms of like let's say neuroscience or something like that right we think we are right the self is a very convincing illusion that we're kind of in and i think that when we're in that uh, self mode let's say and in neuroscience terms we're probably like the dmn is on um and you're looking for something and it's really when you're so um when you you're so you're believing very much the idea that you were there there's really no dialogue and i think that Creativity is really all about dialogue because, as I said, it's about relating to um, previously unrelated concepts and seeing what happens. And to do that, you need to hold two things in one and in one mind. And that I think is best done by going back and forth between something. So I think that just uh, doing it really you realize that when you drop and you kind of take uh, the DMN is maybe um, offline then things start flowing in and then you can intermittently 
critique them from her own point of view. And there's an inner dialogue there that kind of creates the thing. And then it's, it's easier to flow because that's really the hard part. We want to get rid of ourselves to start doing something because the moment you're doing something, you're losing yourself. You're just in the flow with the thing. And I do also have a, a cheat code for anybody who's listening, who's, you know, maybe that's why I have a podcast. And the cheat code is uh, being in actual dialogue with somebody. Actually, it's it's actually very hard to be the kind of writer who sits by themselves and look and there's writer's block and, and all that. And, all that. Um, and one of the ways to, to just overcome that is start a conversation with somebody. And a conversation or a dialogue is inherently creative in the sense that you and and I could not in a million years have predicted what the outcome of this conversation will be. It's inherently creative. We have no idea. And this is very much like what comes into our minds at night as dreams or something like that. We have no idea. We have no way of predicting it. Inherently creative. So always be um, in dialogue. If it's, if it's hard to do it with yourself, because for some of us, we are in a rut and in a habit of being ourselves very much, which, you know, in the long run, I really um, wish to see everybody just being able not to do that for as long as possible. Um, yeah, so I think create a, a dialogue is, is a really get, a good way of doing that. And um, right before we hit record, we also talked about this idea of, of evolution, of how things evolve, which I think ties in very nicely with the idea of creativity because that's what it is all about. It is about creating mutation in our thinking and in our um, matrix of concepts, in our model of reality. And this is the way forward, of course, evolution. Now, some mutations, most mutations are not leading us to new places, but some are going to uh, make us leap uh, forward uh, a great deal and not stay where we are and adapt to a new, um, a new phase in our lives, right? Imagine having the same ideas you had when you were 17, when you were 35. If you see somebody like that, that's pretty pathetic, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. It's so funny, I think. Funny. Uh, uh, go, Nico. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, Just one question. This is for me. This this dialogue. Um, this dialogue is for me one of the most important uh, parts uh, of uh, creativity because we talked before about this self-trust that you can develop when you just start creating um this is also an improv theater for sure the first start you do games where you can't make mistakes you do you speak very fast and it doesn't matter really what just to get warm up right to get the doors open the subconscious forest around you that the ideas start flowing and the expression starts flowing this is the first step the second step is you start listening you start listening to your uh, partners on stage. You start listening also to the vibe and the ideas that are in the room. Um, so what is, for me, very, very essential is, is the self-trust that opens you, that you let the world flow through you. Creativity is not 
self-expression in the sense it's like a being possessed it's a possession um you let yourself be possessed by an idea and uh basically it's falling in love falling in love with the music falling in love with writing uh with any idea or formula as a physicist and in this you vanish automatically or you enhance transcend yourself because you can your focus your awareness is fulfilled with these ideas and there you are not loyal to these ideas because you enjoy the insight the consciousness of these ideas developing of this evolution happening in your mind and on your painting canvas for example and this is something that is extremely healing because it gets one also then out of the rut you can that's also what you can see very clear in improv theater first stage is oh, trust self-expression i can let everything out but then there's something more not just the self-trust but the trust into the world that you can channel the world and with this trust in the world you can just fall in love if you trust and when you start trusting the world you fall in love and then you express a different idea that has had nothing to do with yourself right so you when you're a musician you you play a song and and you let the song influence your soul yeah, very and beautiful. this expression it, mm -hmm. it like Eyal just said and what you're doing now Nico you're you're talking and I'm coming up with ideas I'm also looking away sometimes because I write something down and because of the conversation, I come up with new ideas. Like this is a creative process, like Al says. So one thing I, I just popped up in my mind now is like, like your body or your life even is like a brush with which you're painting a well beautiful picture or painting, which is the the life that you're leading and, and living in front of others. So even like like life itself is creative in a sense, and and your your body mind body mind however you want to call it is like the the tool with which if you maybe believe in a higher being or just met uh, metaphorically believe in it is like a creator is drawing like creating a piece of art with you as the as one of the tools in a sense so and that's like the the channeling part of channeling the muse channeling the the creativity uh, or divine inspiration whatever you want to call it um and i'm just saying all this without me necessarily believing that that's that like a, an actual being there it's just like a, a like a creative force in a sense and it's also where the the getting into a flow state comes you, you the the ego dissolves in a sense your yourself dissolves and you're purely creating so i, I i'm making a course at, at the moment outlining it and like the the name that i came up with as a as a work in progress name at least for now is like maskless creativity so without a mask you're you're creating without a mask i have, I have no idea if it, if it will stick or anything or if it will change but that's just, that's just like a, what what i try to want to bring in the world like that you that you cre can create authentically without keeping a mask on without i don't know without your art looking like a linkedin uh post in a sense um, well, I, I, so have a, I have a suggestion. Well, you know, in Latin, the word persona is just a mask, right? Because that's what they put in the theater and that's your persona. And from that, we get a persona and a personality and so on. Um, and 
uh, of course, there's the saying like persona non grata, right? On somebody who's not mm-hmm. welcome in a part. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, like persona non grata, it's also like the mask that is not that is not uh, welcome. So that is mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that's uh, if you're looking for for ideas here, I'm pitching them live to you. Okay. All right, awesome. <laughs> Maybe we'll we'll get a premiere here for the name uh, on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, I think this mask is a very good metaphor uh, because uh, masks also protect ourselves. And uh, at the same time, they are very rigid, especially the old masks. Uh, wooden masks uh, that hide the face that are heavy on your head. Um, and they protect you from expression, but also from seeing the world clearly uh, because masks uh, narrow your awareness and your perspective they are like at the same t- point they are filters uh this this masks and it's good to have masks um it's good to have a self because for creation we need perspective we, like i cannot paint with all colors at the same time i cannot paint everything at all at once uh i need a starting point the starting point is your embodiment in the world right now, your embodiment in front of the canvas, the the colors you have, the canvas you have, the emotions you have, and maybe the music you listen to, or the angry wife that hits you on the forehead while you paint. Um, <laughs> so everything is part of your painting, and that, that's perfect like this. So there, there is the mask of yourself, the mask of your life, the mask of your... Uh, being, time and space being. Uh, and, and this is fine. Because also, I think what is dangerous to give creativity something like an appearance of purity. Because that's utter bullshit. There's nothing like purity. Because it's just everything is dirt. And painting, singing is always dirty. Uh, if you want the pe- perfect melody, what is the f- perfect melody? Um, you know, uh, there's no perfect melody. Everything is a character. Everything is like a different taste of wine. There's no that perfect wine, right? So this is something very dangerous. Like, I mean, we are in the self-optimization shitty uh, age. <laughs> and there's so, so much talk about the right way again of doing something, you know, we got just rid of tradition and dogmas and now we have YouTube videos to tell us how we optimize our lives again. But yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. And I think, I, yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, I just, I, I, like it, it ties back with to, to evolution in a sense, because evolution is not a, a process that's directed at doing the right thing. You know, for a lot of things out there in nature that you see all the craziness and it's like, what the hell is that? I think that the mainstream narrative is to look at the um, peacock's feathers or anything spectacular like that in nature or, I don't know, the rhino's horn or whatever. Um, and, And to immediately look for explanations why it's there as if there is an explanation. Now, what happens really is that um, we come up with plausible explanations while it helped ward off predators or it helps the males um, get females or and this 
might be true. And still, fundamentally, things in nature are found just because, you know? And then what happened, in effect, is that a certain percentage of the, po of the population um, just encountered a, a stressor from the outside, an external stressor, which they could not withstand. And, and these two, so there's a tendency actually in nature to always push the envelope. Actually, a population of, of animal is constantly checking all the options for them to survive in this world. And at some point, they, the, um, they overstep the boundary. And the feedback is, well, no, no, you can't go that far, okay? As a rhino, you can't grow four horns or you can't, you, you know, whatever limitations. Mm. Um, so I, I think, I think that's, that's an idea that um, really relates to, to what you're saying, that it shouldn't be directed at the perfect thing. If I'm constantly worried about being perfectly adapted to the world I live in or create the... Um, the thing that that is going to be most popular, I think what happens is that the people that are genuinely popular and groundbreaking literally have no idea they're going to become that. When it comes to them, it comes as a surprise. Then you have uh, you have a moment there where there's there's like big wave of popularity. So you have copycats, and they could do somewhat uh, well in terms of popularity because they're now riding this wave of popularity, right? The, the latest viral meme or whatever. But eventually the next person who's going to make it big and is going to be remembered for being completely creative. It's almost a matter of luck if we just find him, you know, I mean, just look at this latest viral meme with, uh, Emmanuel, right? You've seen that emu, emu. Who's ruining? I haven't seen it. Is it with a peach? You haven't woman? seen? No, it's it's a it's a it's a lady who works on a farm and she's uh, trying to take a video of herself like petting the antelope or whatever ah, she has yeah. there. And okay, the, the emu is like getting in the frame and she's like, Emmanuel, don't don't. Huge hit, right? She's on Jimmy Fallon. She's like on TV or something. She could not have known like this perfect thing for the perfect right, uh, you know, that just really kind of goes straight into the current taste that humans have in what's viral. There's like, she could not have foreseen that. And I think that's the nature of, of things. And that's the nature of creativity. And that's why it's so important not to direct your, if it's directed, it's almost, almost as if, if it, if it is directed, it's almost not creativity. It's almost this like fixation. It's actually quite rigid because you're trying to get it right. And being creative is all about just letting things mingle there. And of course you want to do something about that because you even have no idea if it's going to succeed. So you want to be putting stuff out there and not knowing if it's going to succeed and, and get the feedback. 999 times out of a thousand, you're not it's not going to get traction, you know, but the, the only, the only way to win the lottery is, is to play. Right. Except I do think the the chances for you to actually find your niche and find your the true fans as they're called or whatever, that's actually quite large. If you're engaging in creativity for decades of your life, because your I intuition that... also gets much better. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's even, 
if you is essentially what you're saying is is you if you channel something instead of directing it uh, because if you like we're, we're like almost eight billion people here on earth that's eight billion different perspective or like nico says filters there are eight billion different filters and each of them has a has a chance to create something that no one else could create in a sense but it only happens if you uh well take off your mask if you if you uh or if you just if you let it like this creative force uh run through your um filter or run through your that the thing that is unique to you and then what comes out is authentic and like you say Al, it, it doesn't it comes unexpected mostly because um you have no idea exactly how other people's uh, perspectives or filters or, or masks look like and but also not your own so what comes out sometimes hits a chord and like the the emu emu whatever that the animal was called that went went viral um that only happens if you if you're not directing it really um at least most yep. of the time i mean sometimes you can, could maybe fake something but you can't you can't keep it up you can't uh, do that for years in a sense so if you stay authentic, you get like lots of shots on goal uh, because there are many moments uh, where there, where something that you're doing will strike a hit a chord, strike a chord, whatever you call it. Okay. And then maybe to, to tie it to maybe maybe it's too much politics thing, but just let's say you have a very author, authoritarian regime where everyone has to, uh, here in Dutch, we say uh, uh, everyone eats the same sausage. Uh, <laughs> So if you, if you have a culture where everyone has to do, be the same, do the same, think the same, then you stifle creativity and you, you won't get that, that natural selection or evolution happening because everyone um, has the same mask on. No, there's, there's no novelty. There's nothing new that could withstand in a, an, an environment that is, is changing in a sense. So your, your whole culture is, uh, is slow to change or slow to adapt and that's what you maybe see see in china or saw in china like the last 40 years or whatever with with the jump communism everyone having to do the same thing but you see that almost no novelty came out of china everything was made in china but only what was made in china was was copycat stuff and the novel things were happening in in the united states in silicon valley where you have uh, where you had i'd, I'd say a, a free marketplace of ideas in a sense um so it's super important so you i mean you can do everything yourself like like surrendering to your your to your inner muse uh, but if you live in a culture where doing that gets you into jail or worse um or prison or whatever that then you well you don't because you want to you want to stay alive and take care of your family so it's like that's, a, that's that's that i mean that is almost one for one what uh, david deutsch says in his books about creativity and about cultures like uh, cultures being creative and actually adapting and just as you say adaptation uh is stifled when there's a strong sense of a of a moral code or, or a code that you inherit from your ancestors and you must do as they did now in old times this made sense because the world didn't change so we really wanted to do what worked for your ancestors. But at some point, if you have the resources, you must have an R&D um, department, right? And do that. And um, he gives an, the, an the, example. To, to, inter to interrupt, like in a tribe, that would be the shamans, like 
doing maybe weird uh, maybe, stuff. Maybe, uh, maybe, but they probably are not like civil engineers and stuff. Like if you're know. thinking about actual technology, like they could be for the soul, but uh, he's talking more about technology. Uh, but the interesting thing that I don't think he writes it like that, but a process of radicalization, if you look at a, at a, at a, a culture or religion that gets uh, radicalized, in a sense, that's when people within a culture are being sort of creative, but with the very specific goal of just being ultra correct about things, right? So they take it too far. They're like, um, becoming more and more strict. It's, it's, which is interesting. It's like, so one thing people employ creativity in is trying to understand what their peers think. So to be completely accepted at all times by everyone else, uh, but that stifles progress because they don't want to appear weird. They don't want to show up and say, it's like, Hey, look, we can break this rock in a different way and do something new with it. Right. And they're going to be mocked or something like that. Um, and also you have like the religious leaders, like the active, um, agents of radicalization that are actually there and are constantly thinking, and they are bringing novel things into life, but these novel things are just increasingly more unhinged and um and yeah are just they get into their own head uh and basically just uh they can sway uh, a bunch of people around around their idea and completely get uh decoupled from reality there is the phrase of art should shock the comfort and comfort the shocked and i think that's very true uh there's this very, very sad story of John Lennon in his last days. Uh, his last interview, I think, was two hours before he was murdered. Uh, he uh, is on YouTube, a radio interview, and he's asked if he misses the times with the Beatles. And then he very honestly said, yes, for sure, sometimes this creative combination of, 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 of a family that were making, creating music for 20 years. On the other hand, he said, we became craftsmen. We knew how to write the next hit. We knew how to write the next uh, perfect album. It was not a sense of risk anymore. They had to sit there, work for it, and they were craftsmen. Wow. And now, when I come home, he said, I'm looking forward, especially now when I have, um, with my children, I sit at home and I can just jam and I can jam with the people I want to. And I have enough of money that I don't have to care about the outcome. I don't need any contracts anymore. I can just jam and risk and get myself out there to a pure, honest, creative expression that it's because he said this dusty craftsmanship that turns you in a caricature of yourself. That's not art. It is, it can trigger art and it, it is sometimes creative and artful, but it's like an improv, you risk, you risk and you risk and you need to get out of your mask and get into new masks, change the masks, rip them apart. And this is only possible if you don't have this fear of losing or this contracts of 
rewards that punish you if you don't hold to your performance. I think I, I'd, I'd like to hear from you, from, from either of you. I'd like to really um, like stay on that topic for a moment of popularity yeah. and creativity because I think that the people who are right now, I'm... You know, I want to be liked. Everybody wants to be liked. As I said, like a status game is not necessarily a bad thing. So we want to kind of um, be appreciated for what we do. But I think that for um, however hard it may seem to us who haven't uh, made it yet, uh, like John Lennon, I think it's even worse for somebody who has made it, like in like Lennon, like any kind of... That. So I, I want to hear your thoughts on on the fact that um, popularity, in a sense, kills creativity because how many bands, how many, you know, musicians or actors or something we've seen um, just kind of losing touch with themselves and starting to cater to whatever is popular at the time. Oh, I think a recent example, which we talked about in Austria as well, was Jordan Peterson. I think. He, oh he, yeah, wonderful. He, he's uh, <laughs> he's he's become like a, a caricature of him of himself, really. Uh, so he, yeah. like five years ago or whatever, or like, before he became big in a sense, he, he was like just a professional, but had very, for that time, and profound and, and very good um, speeches and lectures about like mythology, uh, storytelling, um, biblical, um, and, and, and analyzing the, the Bible in a sense, uh, in a way that people can understand now and, and taking lots of it from, from there. But he's, uh, he also talked a little bit about uh, politics stuff, like uh, with gender, language, and things like that. So, and he got a lot of attention with that. And then, because he got a lot of attention, started to cater to that crowd, and more and more of that crowd was flocking to him. And that became, I think now, it's, it's like the biggest part of his, his crowd. Um, and it's, it's such, a, such a waste, really. It's, it's like almost... One thing just that's that's sad is I think he he's become less authentic, less happy. I guess at least if I look at at him in, in his video podcast, um, but also the things he said before that are very valuable and, and like lots of people will probably not ever look at it or listen to it anymore because he's gotten so far. And another one I think is is Mark Manson. He isn't is not extreme like Jordan Peterson with some views maybe, but he's he's constantly regurgitating what's what's the word regurgitating the, the yeah. same talking points to a bore really. Uh, just everything he wrote about on his blog, he's now doing on his YouTube channel, and it feels so it's really just boring. Um, yeah. At least to James me, James Lindsay. James Lindsay is another good example. I think. <laughs> I, I I don't know uh, don't know him or her the girl or, or, or oh man or... James yeah that's James, yeah, James is a but guy. yeah but sometimes you, sometimes you get <laughs> um, no yeah he 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 was like anti woke and he started yeah. with that but at some point just fell in love yeah I mean the the examples are numerous but are, like yeah. the interesting thing in it is to think it's like are we at least in the beginning are some people creative only to become liked and they don't actually see the benefit in being creative for the sake of harnessing your psyche to do something good for yourself. And and I will put out a, an example of somebody who I think does it very well and always goes out on a limb. That's like Tom York and Radiohead. They're like they never stopped um, 
reinventing themselves, which is yeah. interesting. And uh, but but those kind of examples are few. Okay, Nico, you you want to speak? Can I plant a flag only for one thing? Because before we forget, like uh, Al, you said, um, are they just being creative for like the status or, or things, or or because they really want to create? The, the question is, how would we then define creativity, and can you be creative if you're doing it for status or not? So that's one I think want to talk about after Nico uh, does this thing. Oh, Nico, are you are you still there? Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe I should just time. Frozen. Shall I just continue talking yeah, then? Just... Yeah. So yep. So you said idea. yeah. You said um, can are they creative um, for the sake of of attracting an audience or or and I don't know the specific words you said. We can uh, you can re-listen to it. But well, is is it is it the original um, motivation for people to be creative is actually to be liked um so can you be creative without realizing that you're actually being being creative to become popular um and then once you are it kind of just takes the drive away to from I, to be creative yeah, what what does being creative mean then because if you say do you then mean are you putting stuff out there which other people like and then you grow and is that ne is that necessarily creative um for example i I've um, like I've been writing, but lots of the things I wrote were um, in the past were very, I don't know, advice like telling instead of showing. Really, like it's it's uh, it's, it, it's like advice stuff, um, which is kind of boring. Um, and then I started writing like personal stories. So still putting in some like life lessons or, or things for for people if if they enjoy it but it's mostly a story that i'm telling and it's much more creative it's it's like completely authentic it, it just flows out of me at least the, the id i still have to uh, practice the skill of writing to make it concise and, and fun and things like that but the, the ideas and examples flow out of me easily because they, they come from a different place and if i'm writing these nico would call them knowledge articles like these these uh, advice yeah. type of stuff it's really boring and dry and, and maybe you can make them more fun, but it's, it, it, it won't, it won't reach the same level as, as what I'd say true creative expression does. So could you even grow as big, like that you get a big audience or, or whatever by, um, by just writing boring advice stuff or not? And maybe you could, I mean, the Google search and, and YouTube algorithm, they, they like the two biggest search engines. If you write an article or create a video that just answers the question, um, uh, why, why, why do we sleep? <laughs> why should, why should I sleep eight hours a night or whatever? And you could make something and lots of people will see it and you get an audience, but that's, it's, it's a bit boring. Maybe I think, <laughs> I think, uh, just to complicate, just to complicate things further. And then obviously giving Nico the stage because he, um, dropped out for a moment. Um, but. To complicate things further, I think that the people who really make it, um, they're being creative to an extent, like they stumble on, you know, if, if it's a band, there's definitely a dialogue there, right, between band members. And then very soon, um, they have to kind of come up with their own language and their own world and the things that make them laugh and make them feel and so on. So they, they have a unique 
uh, way to express themselves as a band and it can't be otherwise, right? But then there's also another factor, which is just charisma or, or looking the part. And I think that you can be um, propelled into stardom, not, not, not because you have the best work, like creative work, but because you have charisma. And a lot of these people are like thrown out there to stardom and are becoming big stars, but actually they don't have the creativity to keep it sustainable. It's like their charisma and just like any taste, the people lose taste for that type of charisma and that type of band. And this band doesn't actually um, reinvent itself after a while or this person or whatever. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> so um, I think there is an innate talent, unfortunately. Despite what self-help books tell us, <laughs> uh, not everybody can be Lady Gaga. Um, I will never learn to sing in my life. Uh, so there's a talent. One thing is that, um, for example, they have shown that uh, children that moved a lot in the early childhood, they became more creative. I mean, it's a study. Who knows? But the message behind was the children had to adapt to adapt. They had this, they had this plant seeded in their subconscious of they have constantly to adapt. So their pattern recognition system became hyperactive. That means they have a constant doubt, a question. That's what, for example, Richard Feynman taught. I just was reading today, hearing from a former student, that he first showed a path on the blackboard for the students how to calculate something. And then at some point, oh, 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 it seems it's not the right part. But now we know how to do this problem, right? But something's wrong, right? And then with this, something is wrong. They sh he showed him them a path that is wrong. There was this rumination activated this this quest this question this koan what is this and creativity is in this sense like uh neurotic rumination sometimes it's it works in you it digests and it's the willingness i think to become a beast in the in, in the extreme forms to to dive into very abstract in very associative fields and dissolve yourself in this rumination so this is something that not everybody wants to have because it's it's also not easy as a as an artist to be torn apart constantly right to have mm -hmm. a boring life can be a peaceful life and it's not a mindful life a creative life it's not a peaceful life uh the Tao of art or the Zen of creativity is bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I think I think real creativity is bloody wild and restless. And and it was one of the most uh, controversial tweets, let's say, so provocative, where so many people complained. No, you can be happy and make art. Yes, you can, but it will be boring art. Um, it it can be meaningful to you, but you 
for becoming a meaningful artist you have to digest the nightmares of the population you have to digest the nightmares of your family and your neighborhood because only the stuff that is comes from the deep ground from the muddy water from the dark death is meaningful also to others i mean if you write oh uh i don't know my washing machine doesn't work it's nice, maybe good for you. Uh, maybe it's meaningful art that you write poems about your washing machine. But <laughs> if if you are in an existential crisis and there is an apocalyptic atmosphere in your village and you collect these dreams, you're empathic with your village, digest it, create paintings, songs about this apocalyptic floods or rain or hail, that overcome your village, then people will listen to you. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm so you're saying there, maybe... there's a reason. There's a reason. Okay, I I was just gonna joke and say there's a reason why the Bible speaks about floods and not about the tender <laughs> stalks of wheat just growing, growing as they do every year. Yeah. <laughs> it's an extreme form, so I don't want to say you need to be suffering to make any creativity. Uh, what I mean is. Creativity is rumination, and rumination, like a cow, ruminates grass again and again and again. So that That's... means uh, the more meaningful it is to the collective, the more resonance will be there. So it's mm -hmm. a collective dreaming, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, I have a few things to say as well. The, the ruminating cow, I just wrote it down. <laughs> I, I, I tweeted it just yesterday, and maybe, maybe subconsciously you noticed. I, someone asked, uh, how would you describe... Uh, uh, a cow, if in like in personality or in in, uh, and what would a cow be an analogy for, or for what process in your your mind or head? So I said rumination or ruminating. So that's indeed what it is. Um, and I also like to attach to what you said earlier. You have to make a choice to then do something with it. Maybe you should go from a ruminating cow to a bull, because then you like you have like this this force and this energy to go out there and and do something with it um what i wanted to say yeah i also wanted to respond to the idea that you have to suffer i think in the moment of creation you don't have to suffer i, I do think you i do think you can make meaningful art or or whatever meaningful stuff because yeah a small tangent we, we've been talking about creativity but i feel like we've been talking about it a lot uh, as if it if only art could be creative and we haven't really talked about whatever technology or programming or, or building a house or something like that, which you have to do problem solving, creative work as well, which is not necessarily art. Anyway, the, the apocalyptic uh, scenario where someone would, would write a poem about it, uh, could be very creative or meaningful or, or um, um, don't know, make people uh, feel a lot. But I think you can only write something like that if you also have the either the the experience of the the opposite of that apocalyptic side, the good side, or have the hope, or you can dream of the the good side that's beyond it. Because if you only know the apocalyptic side in a sense, only know the bad, then the bad is normal. And you don't so that's why I think creative people are also very much dreamers. You can imagine what better it could be. And because you're suffering, you can you, you see the gap. In a sense, your creativity allows you to see the gap between 
what is now and what could be the same. That's why problem solving is essentially a creative endeavor because problem solving is you see what's now and what could be. And that gap, that gap, I see it in my son all the time. He's, he's a very creative boy, but it all, I see him suffering as well because he can see the, he can imagine what, what he could do or how, how, for example, we were making a, um, a boat from wood and, and, uh, cardboard, uh, yesterday. And he gets very frustrated if, in, if it doesn't go exactly, it doesn't look exactly like he wants to, because he can't yet, uh, use the tools to make it exactly like he has it in his mind. So he, there's this gap and this gap, I think in creativity can, can create suffering or, or feelings of depression that you're constantly not, it's not perfect yet. It's not perfect yet. You get, you get this idea and constantly suffering, um, creative or artist. Um, but I, I think you can be that you can be that your whole life and create the most beautiful art there is. Um, but I, I do believe that you can go beyond it, that you can let go maybe of, of, you can let go of that mask that you have to suffer because you have to see the gap. You can also say there is a gap and I can take a step back and, and take off the mask and, um, uh, look at the broader picture as just you being a brush by the, from, from the universe, creating something. And maybe for moments that you are creating, you can you can almost choose to jump into that mask and, and suffer in a sense, or feel those emotions to be able to create. But then when you put your pen down or your brush down, you can go back out of it again. And then you're, well, you can just be happy, I guess. I mean, uh, a few months ago, I wrote a, a poem for a, um, inter-intellect writing challenge. Um, and it was a poem about hope and when it was about my daughter. Um, and when I was writing that, I was crying. Um, but when I f finished it, it was fine. I mean, I just went and drank my coffee and just went on with my day. No problem. So I think you can also just like put on a, a creativity suit or a, in a sense, do the creative work and then get out. So you don't have to suffer all the time. Um, no. I don't know what your I, ideas about it are. I, I think, uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say that, you know, good or bad, you have to be, you have to be very open to experience, right? You can't, you can't, um, shut out certain things and you can't expect to, to be very creative. If you're the type of person who's really trying to engineer their world in a way so that they may only feel happiness or something like that, right. Or choose the kind of emotion or the mood that you always want to be in, um, creativity is related to really letting go and being and, and accepting what comes. And that may be a, a good segue into something that I kind of floated in a tweet and Nico interacted with. And that is the idea of maybe we should look less at, at productivity, which is this idea that you should put out stuff that are valued by people. Because if, if you kind of go to the market with produce that nobody really needs, if you just take, I don't know, whatever junk you have, right. Then nobody's going to, to tell you it's like, oh, that's really good that you, um, created all these things. And it's like, no, they're going to say you wasted your time. Right. So really it's implied in all this talk about productivity that we have to suffer, um, online all the time is the idea that you have to create value all the time. And value is just like what's right now 
people are going for, right? And then it becomes a, a directed kind of thing. And again, that's not completely creative. And creativity, I was just kind of floating the idea that maybe we should focus more on conductivity, make sure that we ourselves are, are vessels that can, um, that can let things pass through us. And this ties back in with what um, you both said before, that it's very important that we just let the world kind of flow through us or be possessed by an idea and then actually um, be the ones that maybe substantiate it, like put it into substance, write it on a page, um, play it on the guitar, whatever. But I think less productivity and by that I mean knowing what you set out, uh, what you set out to make, or something like that, and more conductivity, like making sure that you're actually in in a state where you can um, conduct things. So, like electricity, but something more like the, um, as Nico said, something more like the collective subconscious, right? To let it pass through you and onto the page and. It's more about conducting, less about producing. Yeah, I think this sums it good up, this metaphor of uh, conductivity. So we uh, talked in the beginning about opening your doors to the subconscious. And this is the same, like uh, you would have a resistance with locked doors. There's no conductivity. But at the same point, you need, like we wrote then on Twitter here also about this, uh, we need this voltage that electricity flows. And voltage, that's what I meant with suffering. I didn't mean like existential deep suffering. It's not necessary, but you need a restlessness because the subconscious will just ruminate what is not yet solved. You will not, if you're super in blissful, mindful, whatever piece, uh, you will not think so much about the problems at hand. But if you, it can be a positive cha um, change, like, ah, this question about, I don't know what. Uh, how, this this ocean, this wild ocean in my painting, um, it doesn't let me sleep. And if you're restless with this wild ocean, you see it when you close your eyes, it will come up and up again. And it will come up even if you fall asleep and you wake up with this thought. But this is the voltage that you need. You need conductivity, but also voltage. This gap between is and should. And only then the waterfall happens, the current happens. And this is something like a koan. You can open the voltage that sparks the creativity to uh, further make this thread. But it's important to have this, this gap in you, this little tension, this courage to despair, as Goethe said, this voltage. And this is, doesn't mean big suffering, but it means you allow yourself to be restless and have a question in you and work it in you. The, then, mm. But then you have some direction, right? Because you have, you have like what is and what should, and you want, so there's some direction, it is, but it's inter, it's internal, internal. It's, it's a direction. It's direct, from, it's, sorry. It's, yeah. It's a direction that's, it's a that's internally based instead of an external, uh, yes. it's directed from internal motivation instead of, external. and it's, it, it is the topic that is the gap and not the reward that creates the gap. So yeah, there are exactly. two kinds of gaps. I, I want to be a big superstar and there's the difference. I am not the superstar. I'm not Lady Gaga yet. Or you, you have a gap between 
I wanna express the spring, the season of spring. And you don't even can articulate maybe this sentence, but there's a feeling of revitalizing, of uh, of life coming back, of flowers and colors coming back, and the warmth of the sun on your skin. And there's this urge in you, this beast awakening, right? This animal in you that oh, life, back to life. Yes. And, and and so this is the gap. This is the gap that that this 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 internal rumination, this dream of the reawakened beast that comes alive. And this beast doesn't let you go. Not the reward of becoming a superstar or writing even a good poem or painting a good picture. Because as soon as the result comes in, you're not digesting anymore the the artwork itself, but the result. And then it's bullshit. So I, I have a, a an idea. Um... A question maybe more because i'm not sure what what the answer should be for this so you have um let's say you you create an uh, you write an essay uh, very creative you have a vision for what this essay should be you're not there yet you're writing it and then it's out there and people can read it and enjoy it and, and understand what you try to communicate um but there's also things like uh, jazz or interpretive dance where like well, you can see me, but the people listening not. But let's say I'm moving in all kind of weird, weird movements. For an outside, so someone looking at it, it looks like completely random. Um, but the person inside, I'm sure, is feeling lots of emotions. It's like almost purely channeling their restlessness in a sense. Um, but what comes out, um, is is it art or is it? Is it ran the random firing of, of neurons in, or their restlessness? Is is it art? Is at what level is it art? I've I've always find it hard to enjoy jazz or interpretive dance or things like that. Maybe because I'm I'm not a jazz musician or not an interpretive dancer, but I find so, it too too mm, out there for me. Yeah. So there is uh, the difference between games and play. Um, play is open play. Uh, jazz is is right on the edge between game and play. Uh, it's not play, it's not random, it's not everybody does what he feels like on stage. Yes, they express improvised, spontaneous feeling, but there's a overall aesthetic wrapped into it. And I think this is a, also a good, uh, because we come soon to an end, so this is this, this wrapping of an aesthetic, we talked about perspectives, that it, 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 art is never pure. Art is never generalized or optimized because we have always this bloody human body in us that we express it with this perspective. And in this, this is aesthetic. This is an agency, a form of agency. And you can, to bring back the picture of physics, um, I don't know why, randomly. Um, the thing is that you have aggregate uh, different aggregates, right? You have liquid, you have solid bodies, and you have gas. Gas would be this metaphor, the free play. All particles do what they want. They don't articulate each other. You have liquid, loosely coupled, forming beautiful waves and waves that die and form and new forms. And then you have rigid bodies, the dogmatic China system, to come back to this. And I think creativity is in between because a waterfall can just happen if there's tension. A gas will not fall 
if you're just free playing, peaceful, blissful, whatever, doesn't matter, everything, nothing has a meaning. Um, this this doesn't create a tension. It can flow everywhere. There's current. Liquid is fluid enough to have a conductivity to be transported, but also to follow the current of the voltage. And the rigid body just breaks at some point if there's too much tension. Beautiful. So that's so, such a it's such a beautiful uh, analogy, uh, Nico. I, I immediately come to the, the the thing that Bruce Lee said: "Be like water." It's just a few words, and it's essentially it captures creativity and life, and uh, your maybe your stance in life. And if you so put water example. into a cup, it becomes the cup. And exactly. this is again the cup. The cup is a new mask. It's it's not. It, mm. Water is always in a form. Mm-hmm. If you put water in a bottle, it becomes the bottle. If you put it in a cup, it becomes the cup. So this means that it's always in a form. It's always in a perspective. It's not selfless. It's so water. It, it switches agencies. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe that now, after after seventy minutes, you've, we've just come to the climax of this, and we do have a, a hard stop today, which is uh, tragic at this point, um, but still, nonetheless, a reality. Um, yeah, this is this really is beautiful. But whatever you do, don't tattoo water in Chinese on you. That's kind of don't do that. Um, uh, yeah, this be like is, be this, like stone. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, this has been such a wonderful conversation, and it's fun, and we should do it more for sure. Uh, always appreciative to to hear your wonderful thoughts. And again, you know, I landed in the end in a place in a territory where I I couldn't be um, I couldn't guess if I wanted. Where um, the aspiring Lady Gaga here says that China is like a solid. That's just stuff you can't make up on your own. Starting a conversation, um, yeah. And I think Gibran is kind of like I I think he would be the Dutch prince, right? <laughs> the Dutch prince. <laughs> As in Prince the musician. Sure. Yeah, okay. The okay. musicians. Yeah, maybe, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, guys, what what a joy. What a what a joy it was. And um to next time, right? Um I'll Indeed. I'll definitely um you can tell me what to link to if there are any new things going on for you, and we'll put that in the show notes. And um, let's keep in touch. Right. <laughs> Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you so much. See you guys. Stay healthy and insane. <laughs> <laughs>